0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line?
1: Uh, The only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name and Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister,
0: huh? The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Mariska's in Crest Hill, and by Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Navo and 670 The Score's hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in to an all-star break, kind of lazy edition of the Madhouse <laughs> Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, and once again, in person, man. This is what, like three podcasts in a row we've done in the same room, in the same space, Tiz. touching each other occasionally on you the are. elbow? <laughs>
1: that, that was very creepy. <laughs>
0: yeah, slightly. <laughs> it, oh, yeah, you're uh, Jay Zawoski of 6-7 of this Locked On Blackhawks podcast. Uh, yeah, things are uh, getting a little awkward here during the All-Star break. There's just not... Yeah. Not a lot
1: going on, man. You know what really triggered me today is the fact that I hadn't realized that the
0: whole league wasn't off this week. Oh, yeah, because it's the Black- Blackhawks bye week.
1: Yes. Yeah. I thought it was like everybody was off, and I'm sitting down for a, a nice burger at the local pub in my neighborhood. I'm like, oh, they're showing a replay of the Stars and Lightning game. I'm like, wait a minute. That's right <laughs> now. No.
0: I can't believe they actually played a game two days after the All-Star game. I thought that was a little bit unusual. Yeah, wish the Hawks
1: would play. I am fiending for
0: some hockey Did, okay so how does the i forget how the bye week thing works i like, don't know it's it's like x number of teams get it this week i think x number get it they like split it up into a couple groups but i don't know that's all way above my pay grade
1: well we've got some uh despite the all star break in the bye week we've got some cool stuff to talk about first I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast follow us on twitter at madhouse pod email us madhouse pod at gmail.com and check out madhousepod.com a website i never promote but it's actually pretty cool. There's all sort of stuff on there. There's links to our sponsors. There is a Threadless store in there, soon to be a uh, spirit store kind of a thing run Ooh. by Triple Threat Sports. By the way, for all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. He'll make you look fancy on the ice or in the office. I like that. That should be their new slogan. <laughs> Email him, Chris, at TripleThreatSports.com. Uh, so we'll talk about the All-Star Game. We're going to talk about the NHL's all-decade team, which, of course, includes a couple of Blackhawks. But we're going to start the show off, The Athletic, who James and I always talk about as sort of the uh, the high-water mark for hockey journalism and sports journalism in America today. They ran a Blackhawks players poll. They talked to Blackhawks players and asked various questions. I have seen this. James has not. So I'm going to run through some of the categories for James so he can, so can think about it, and then we'll, we will reveal the winners. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll reveal who won in each category after James gets to think about them a little bit. So Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus contributed on this. So here are the categories. Okay. Which Blackhawk would you not want to fight? And again, these are Blackhawks being asked questions about their own teammates. So which teammate would you not want to fight? Jonathan Tabes. Who's the most underrated? Okay. Best dresser. Okay. Worst dresser. Ooh. Hardest shot. Yeah. Best shooter. Okay. Best passer.
0: Yeah, that seems obvious.
1: Best skater.
0: Not as obvious.
1: Best 2 put two-touch, that's the pregame soccer game player.
0: Oh, oh okay.
1: Best storyteller.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Most likely to be a future coach. Hmm. Most likely to be a future GM. Wow. Most likely to be a future broadcaster. Dang, man. Most superstitious, nicest, slash most considerate, funniest, smartest, loudest. Wow. <laughs> and that's the last one. Loudest. I'm going to start you on that one. Let's see if you can guess who is the considered by their teammates to be the loudest Chicago Blackhawk.
0: The loudest Chicago Blackhawk. Um. Play
1: along in your cars and your uh, train <laughs> rides as you're riding along here.
0: I totally gonna guess Corey Crawford. No, that's not really what I'm guessing. Um, I'm gonna say the loudest Andrew Shaw. That is correct.
1: Forty-two percent of the Blackhawks pulled said Andrew Shaw. Robin Leonard was second. Brent Seabrook third. Uh, the quote here: Shaw, he never shuts up. An <laughs> unattributed quote. All right, we're gonna go from the bottom up here. Okay. Who is the smartest Blackhawk? Uh,
0: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. S- you know what I'm going to say, Robin Leonard, on that one.
1: Robin Leonard received a vote. Okay. As did Dennis Gilbert, Brent Seabrook, and Zach Smith. Brandon Sod, twenty-five percent of the vote. Ryan Carpenter and Jonathan Taves each with eighteen point eight percent, and Duncan Keith with a twelve point five. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. Funniest
1: Blackhawk, according <laughs> to their teammates.
0: Oh man. Uh. Uh, I'm just going to throw Dylan Strome.
1: Dylan Strom is not on there.
0: Okay. I have no idea. I've never He
1: acti- did receive a vote. I'm Apologies. I've, 35% say Andrew Shaw. Here's a quote. Shaw, maybe not ha-ha funny, but he gets laughs just because of the stupid shit he says. <laughs> Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook tied at 17.6 and Dennis Gilbert 11.8. The nicest and most considerate. This one sort of surprised me
0: a little bit. Um. You know what? I, I have to do it. I mean, you know, even even though I made the joke about him fighting earlier, Jonathan Taves.
1: Jonathan Taves is tied with Corey Crawford with 27.8%. Huh. Matthew Highmore and Oli Mata at 11.1%.
0: That's an interesting uh, thing.
1: And uh, Boquist, Kane, Assad, and Seabrook also receiving votes. Hmm. Next up, most superstitious. This one's pretty obvious.
0: Uh, probably Brent Seabrook, right? Brent
1: Seabrook, 38.5%. Matthew Highmore, 23.1% uh here's a quote one of the joys of the blackhawks beat is telling a newbie that he or she should do a story on brent seabrook's pregame rituals it's like telling happy gilmore to meet you at the ninth green at 9 p.m and to wear something nice that's (laughs) i don't know if that's scott powers or mark lazarus but it's pretty funny uh but they all everyone's sort of saying that matthew highmore has some really weird quirks as well and he's kind of panicky Hmm. when his uh when his schedule is broken
0: well don't forget that patrick kane cannot be Anything but the last guy off the ice, and he will like literally stay out there until Kingdom Come if it means that he can be the last one off.
1: I like that. I stuff like that is cool to me. Yeah, it's just fun. It makes the game fun. All right, most likely to be a future broadcaster. Um, now there's a guy I would vote for here. Yeah. Now we're getting in categories where you and I can vote on them because it's not so much like personality. Right, right, right.
0: I, you would, I would think that it would probably be Robin Leonard. But then part of me also is like, I wonder if, like, Mr. Gregarious, Andrew Shaw would get some love, too.
1: Andrew Shaw, number one, 37.5. Robin Leonard, 25%. That's second. My guy is Connor Murphy. Oh, yeah. If you've ever spoken to Connor Murphy, that's a really smart dude. Uh, Friendly, energetic. You know, a lot of uh, professional athletes are just kind of like they're like the human version of mumble rap. Yep. It's like, speak up. Like, look at me. You know what I mean? Connor Murphy is very media savvy. He did receive a vote, by the way. All right, this one I really liked, and my vote is on here. Most likely to be a future GM. Um, He'll never be Dale Talon. Ryan Carpenter. Uh, no, did not no? even receive a vote. Wow. A I... former Hawk received a vote.
0: Oh, gee, who would that be? Patrick
1: Sharp received a vote really he's too handsome to be a gm why would you hide him up in a booth
0: he's doing exactly what he needs to be doing yeah he's he's
1: getting really damn good at it he's, too. he's
0: a good broadcaster yeah. and i and i will also say that i'm i think jonathan taves probably got some love in this category too jonathan
1: taves number one 26.7 the second one and this is my vote dylan strome Dylan Strome was a huge student of the game. Hmm. That dude is a big numbers guy, believes in all of it, follows it, but he's not like uh, married to it. Right. Uh, I was really impressed. We got offered Dylan Strome to come on the Bernstein and McNight show on a score before the season, and I hadn't really heard him in a long-form interview. And I'm like, you know, like, we don't put Hawks on a lot. Don't give me someone that's boring. Give me someone that will be entertaining. Like, You're really going to like Strome. We put him on, and he was great and really is a numbers sort of minded guy.
0: Were you able to get Michael Jordan on by the way?
1: No, but his assistant for the first time ever his assistant wrote me back
0: and said no. She said no,
1: but she wrote back. Hey, she, that's that's advanced yeah, prank that's progress, tough. dude. Yeah, her name is Esti. I don't know what that's short for. All right. But uh yeah. Probably
0: I, Esther. I don't well, maybe. I don't know. Best thing I got. Here's
1: the answer. Who cares? <laughs> All right. Uh, so a future jam, Taves, Strom, Patrick Kane and Connor Murphy. Both got 13.3. Crawford, Leonard, Seabrook, and Sharp, like we said, uh, also got votes. Here's a couple quotes. Strom, he's always effing looking up stats. Strom, he's a numbers guy. Strom, he didn't even go to college. (laughs) (laughs) Kane, he just knows the players, knows the league, knows it. Uh, It's cool. Check out this article. I don't want to steal the entire thunder of it, but it's really good. It's been out for a while, so I don't feel too bad. All right, next category, most likely to be a future coach. Seabrook. Seabrook is on there there is
0: no way anybody else on this team is more qualified to be a coach than him I totally agree with you. every player is wrong
1: I agree with you I think Brent Seabrook is total coach material and as I've said all year last year if you go to a Hawks game in which Brent Seabrook's playing even if he's struggling if he's you know minus three or whatever that dude knows where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do. Sometimes his body just fails him. Right. He is the quarterback on ice leader of that team. He
0: he definitely points a lot when he's playing.
1: He's the kind of guy that when he retires, I would immediately put him in my organization and like put him in Rockford or whatever. Yep. And let him work and and with the eye of events just kind of like Jeremy Cullen
0: did start out as a consultant and then just kind of go from there I think you yeah to maybe do the Yannick Perot thing where you specialize in one area and then just slowly but surely move your way up
1: nachos correspondent Brent Seabrook Mo, okay so the, the here's how the votes went
0: I want I'm interested in Jonathan this.
1: Taves 35.3 I could see that I yeah. can see Taves as a Ditto. coach for sure yeah. Ryan Carpenter 17.6 Robin Leonard 17.6 also receiving votes, Debrinka, Kane, Keith, Seabrook, Shaw.
0: Debrinkit, huh? That seems like a pity vote. He hasn't gotten a lot of love yet in this uh, ranking.
1: Here's an interesting quote. Taves, he's the guy we like to picture should be a coach.
0: Well, I mean, he is the captain of the team. I guess that makes sense. I know, but
1: that's cool to hear someone say that. Taves, he's such a good leader and someone you can always talk to. A really good communicator, especially with the young guys.
0: I bet he's grown into that over the years because obviously he was – very serious when he came into the league and I'm sure he kind of had to learn how to balance that out a little bit and it seems to have kind of filtered into his social media platforms too he definitely seems more gregarious than he used to be
1: yeah I think he's he's sort of up the uh, personality level a little bit in recent years which is a
0: good thing you can grow more comfortable in your own skin as you get older I think that you know you and I can say that having you know started to kind of go through that getting older process I suppose I'm
1: a little ahead of you in that process but yes Alright, next category is best storyteller
0: shoot um this
1: one to me once i saw it was like oh yeah that makes sense
0: i think it wouldn't be uh duncan keith would it
1: duncan keith andrew sean zach smith are all tied for second with 20 percent. brent seabrook number yeah, one Yeah, that makes sense 33.3 percent dylan strome also received a vote uh I, seabrook I just, the
0: raconteur
1: to me after all these years of all the stuff we've seen about the hawks the cleanest look into the locker room is the twenty or the two thousand nine Road to the Winter Classic documentary. The Hawks released it for a while. I don't know if you could still buy it, but there's so much good locker room and footage in there, and that really shows you how Seabrook is the guy. Even back then, Seabrook was a guy that was a leader of the team. He will not shut the hell up in the locker room. He's <laughs> you know slapping people on the pads and firing everybody up. Seabrook's the leader of that team and you could tell he's got anyone that's been on a team has had that teammate a totally. guy that won't shut up but he's one of your best players and he's a leader and you follow him into any battle you, he'd ask you to lead him into um Seabrook's that guy for the Hawks all right uh this one is kind of tough but best two put two touch I can't say that right best two touch player that's the pre-game soccer game in the hallway is it Shaw uh Shaw received a vote
0: Hmm. I'd always I'd always heard Shaw was good at it. I wasn't sure though. Like, I don't know. Maybe Nylander? No. Hmm. De Brinkett?
1: <laughs> De was third. Robin Leonard.
0: Robin Leonard. Eric
1: Gustafson, Alex De David Kampf. Nah, I guess that makes Here's sense. Here's a quote about Leonard. He's a scummy player, but I'm going to go with <laughs> Leonard. He what wins the? all the time. He just. <laughs> He just bullies you. I didn't realize it was a
0: competition.
1: (laughs) Here's another one. Leonard's the dirtiest. That's why he's the best. Uh, Said one player, that's because it's a game of no integrity when everybody (laughs) voted for themselves.
0: That's actually really funny. Lenny
1: probably has the most wins, but he forces his way sometimes. So everyone's saying that Robin Leonard gets physical uh, during the. uh
0: (laughs) Once again, I did not realize this was a competition. I like that. All right.
1: Best skater. Nylander yes Yes. Nylander and Saad yeah tied uh 22.2 percent Kajula and Keith 11.1 also receiving votes Kirby Dock Eric Gustafson Dominic Kublik Olimata what Dylan Sakura and Jonathan Taves have any of them actually ever
0: watched Olimata skate
1: uh maybe he's a good skater but not fast
0: hmm I mean all right right.
1: I, I reacted to that too uh best passer this one's gonna really Really, rack your brain on this one. I'm, oh man, this is so tough. Um, it's either Matthew Highmore, um, or Dennis is Gilbert. It, is it? Oh,
0: is it that Patrick Kane guy?
1: One hundred percent of the vote. There is
0: no question <laughs> that he. No, that's that's like asking out on the team who has the best wrist shot. It's pretty obvious who does. Well, guess
1: what? That's the next question. Best Patrick shooter. Kane. Patrick Kane, fifty-seven point nine percent. Kubelik and Debrinkit. Coming up second and third, Jonathan Taves also received a vote. Quote about Dabrinkit, it's his release. You never know when it's coming.
0: That's actually kind of true. Yes. He does have kind of like a random kind of scatter shot release, which I do very much like because I do think it throws goalies off balance for also, sure.
1: That's what she said. Okay. Uh, hardest shot. Seabrook. Seabrook, 33.3%. Dominic Kubelik with a 22.2. Eric Gustafson, 16.7. Also receiving votes, Boquist, Kajula, Mata, Murphy, Sod. Quote here, Seabrook's got a bomb. Kubelik, his release makes it look a little bit harder, too. It's pretty cool to watch. Not Doc, is one quote. <laughs> Biggest muffin, Patrick Kane. I guess that means not the hardest shot. So he
0: definitely, his slap shot is not uh, not too powerful.
1: All right, best dresser.
0: <sighs> I'm trying to go by, I'm trying to remember the outfits that they wore for the red carpet. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: not a surprise.
0: Neilander, Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, Gustafson, Cuckoo, and Murphy all came up right behind him. Boca was Kajula, Crawford, and Mata. Worst dresser?
0: The worst dresser. I'm going to say Patrick Kane.
1: Dennis Gilbert got oh. 40% of the vote. Second place? Who's that? Alex Nylander.
0: Uh, really? <laughs> that's the generation <laughs> that, that, gap. <laughs> that's really funny. I love that. that. That makes total sense, actually.
1: All right. Most underrated Blackhawk?
0: Brandon Saad.
1: Correct, twenty seven point six. I was gonna s
0: i was gonna say Corey Crawford, but then I was like, you know, no, I think it's actually Brandon Sodge. My
1: vote is Connor Murphy, by the way. Ryan Carpenter, twenty two point two percent. David Camp, nope, eleven point one. Also receiving votes, Calvin Dehan and Connor Murphy. Uh a lot of quotes here. Sodder is a guy that comes to mind. The guy just plays hard every night. He's hard to play against. Uh I'd say Leonard, but he's getting a lot of attention, is another quote. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. Who would you not want to fight? Is the final question in the poll here?
0: I don't know, man. I wouldn't want to. I personally would not want to fight Seabrook just because he's a big dude.
1: He's a big dude. He got. He was third in the votes.
0: Um. Well, I gotta go with another big dude. Oh, what about what about Mister Dirty uh, Two Touch, Robin Leonard? That's correct. thirty three point three percent of Leonard. Yeah, that makes sense. Were you at the media social this year? No, I wasn't. Remember, I had Have work. Have you
1: seen Robin Leonard in person? Yes. He is a scary human being. He
0: kind of is. He's enormous. Yeah. He is so big. He he reminds me of the first time I saw Kyle Long where I was just like, oh, dear God, you could kill me.
1: Yeah. Kyle Long is literally built like a refrigerator. Yeah, he is. Um, Robin Leonard, though, not only is he huge, he's got a presence. Mm -hmm. Like, that dude walks into a room and... I'm not saying he's good. He's not bad looking, but I'm not saying he's good. Like Chris Bryant does this too, but it's like, Jesus, look at that dude. He's so good looking.
0: Yeah. He definitely captures your attention.
1: But like with Leonard, he walks in and people like stop and like that. He's somebody. He has that sort of presence about him. You know who else is like that? You'll never guess this. One day in the NBC tower, I walked out with Stedman Graham, who is Oprah's. I was going to say boyfriend, whatever he is. Yeah. And I'm like, that dude has money and is somebody and I didn't know who it was, so I like, walked fast to like get in front of him. and Look, Stepen Graham. He <laughs> just had an air about him, and yeah. that's Robin Leonard has that air about him. Like, mm-hmm. Damn, that's a that's a badass man right there. You know what else has an air about it? It's Probably from the garlic butter.
0: Oh, Marishka's <laughs> Our friends
1: at Marishka's in Crest Hill, six oh four Theodore Street. Family owned and operated since nineteen thirty three. We mentioned the poor boys every week we mentioned the yodel burger but the steaks the chops the seafood everything there is absolutely tremendous you will not have a bad meal at mariska's it's guaranteed we give you the madhouse podcast guarantee that you're going to go to mariska's and you're going to enjoy whatever it is you order but we will recommend the first time you go you've got to try the poor boy it's what put them on the map go check it out 604 theater street visit them online at com or on facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas that's m-e-r-i-c-h-k-a-s they're closed only on christmas easter the fourth of july and thanksgiving so visit go visit our friend joe zadralovich and his family at marishkas we're going to take a quick time out come back with some thoughts on the all-star game talk about the blackhawks all decade team and a whole lot more here on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast
0: good afternoon would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie oh sure Hmm, that's very good
1: Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski and James Naveau with you here from our palatial Madhouse Podcast Studios in Homewood, Illinois. Uh, really, that is a table in my basement. <laughs> you might hear the echo this week because we're in a bigger room. Apologies. And we
0: also have very uh, nice, booming voices. That's exactly right. Yeah,
1: We are virile men. Yes. If you want to be a virile man yourself or woman, you could be a virile woman, right?
0: I Can you? I don't know. You know what? We decide
1: that you can. You can be. Yeah. You can hey, anything you want to be, you dream it, you can do it.
0: That's what I always say. You know what? I dream of a good coach Anita Pabil.
1: Well, let me tell you my friend. <laughs> head over to Chuck Southern Converts Cafe. They're in Burbank. at 79th and Natchez, my favorite street name in Chicago. And they're also in Darien right off the Cass Avenue stop on I-55, just head north off of 55 on Cass and you'll basically drive into the parking lot. It is right there. Two super convenient locations. James mentioned the coach needed need of a bill. That is my favorite meal at Chuck's. That's a Saturday special. If you're there on a Saturday, you have to get it. It's amazing. But every day there's something amazing at Chuck's. I've been talking lately about the cobbler because I feel like I've neglected it too much and I haven't talked it up enough. It is a giant mixed berry or peach or whatever kind of a pie with incredible vanilla ice cream. I know it doesn't sound like an incredible thing, but their vanilla ice cream, wherever they get it from, I don't, I don't think it's homemade. It might be, but my God, it's some of the best ice cream we've ever had too. I'm just gonna click on the menu here, and take a look at the specials for today. And I promise you, I'm gonna find something really, really tremendous. All right, the specials that I'm looking at: stuffed grilled salmon, fresh salmon grilled until perfect and stuffed with Parmesan cheese, cream cheese, garlic, and spinach. Served with garlic mashed red potatoes and steamed broccoli. Hmm. How's that sound? Here's the cobbler of the day. Here's how they say it peach homemade cobbler crust on top of a sweet fruit filling, served with warm vanilla ice cream.
0: Oh,
1: you're going to want to go to Chuck's Burbank, Darien, Chuck'sCafe.com. Go there and lust over the menu. If people see you, they're going to be like, What website is he looking at? That's creepy. And you're like, No, no, it's okay. It's just a Chuck's Cafe menu. And then people will understand. All right. Last week the National Hockey League released their all-decade team as part of their All-Star Weekend festivities. Per the NHL, the two teams were selected by a panel of NHL general managers, NHL hockey operations staff, NHL.com writers, and on-air talent from NBC – Sportsnet and
0: Tivas. so what I hear you saying is that it wasn't the same person that decided that Patrick Kane wasn't a top 10 player of the decade
1: I believe that person was probably shot into the sun via cannon
0: (laughs) I'm not gonna go that far they should have been but should (laughs) have been on the list
1: all right the second team which features no Blackhawks at forward Evgeny
0: Malkin interesting
1: 613 points in his career not too bad this is in a decade of course it uh, has got two Stanley Cups, an Art Ross Trophy, a Hart Trophy, a Lindsay Trophy, one first-team All-Star, and a five-time NHL All-Star. Hmm. Steven Stamkos, 731 points in 672 games, two Rocket Richard trophies, six-time All-Star. Patrice Bergeron.
0: This surprised me a little bit.
1: 596 points, a cup, four Selkies, a King Clancy, a two-time All-Star, two-time Olympic gold medalist and one-time World Cup of Hockey gold medalist.
0: Got to be honest with you, yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that, you know, the guys who were on the first team are on there, man, Patrice Bergeron's a heck of a player.
1: Yep. Defense, Eric Carlson.
0: Another kind of surprise to me, but I can see, like, the argument. Really, really good player, obviously. Great offensive player, just thrilling to watch and you know you can't knock him he has two friggin' norris trophies there's a reason he's on this list
1: six-time all-star two norris trophies four-time first time first team nhl all-star that's pretty good Zdeno Chara is his partner on the second unit uh 312 points in 728 games two t- only two-time all-star Can that surprises me two-time all-star one stanley cup one first team nhl all-star three norris trophies for Zdeno Chara in goal Henrik Lundqvist, two hundred and ninety nine wins, uh, .919 save percentage, two forty nine goals against, forty two shutouts, of Vezina, one first team NHL All Star, four time NHL All Star. Now to the first team. I
0: don't know how I feel about that. By the way, I feel like you oh, we'll
1: get into that. Maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we will. First team this is going to shock you
0: this is the most shocking thing ever
1: Sidney crosby yeah pretty much 796 points in 635 games two stanley cups two Conn smice a Hart trophy five-time all-star one-time Art ross trophy two-time rocket richard trophy two ted Lindsay's, three-time first team nhl all-star two olympic gold medals and one world championship gold medal alex ovechkin 791 points 1 Stanley Cup, 1 Conn Smythe Trophy, 3 Hart Trophies, 1 Art Ross Trophy, 3 Pearson Ted Lindsay Awards, 6 Rocket Richard Trophies, 8-time NHL All-Star, 4-time First Team NHL All-Star, 2 World Championship Gold Medals. On the wing, Patrick Kane.
0: There you go. Ever
1: heard of him? 3 Stanley Cups, 1 Conn Smythe, 3-time First Team NHL All-Star, Eight-time NHL All-Star, one Art Ross Trophy, one Ted Lindsay Award, one Hart Trophy. Eight
0: hundred and fourteen points, by the way, for Patrick Kane in the decade. In the decade.
1: Yep, that's pretty good. Very good. Duncan Keith, four hundred thirty-four points in seven hundred fifty-seven games. Three-time NHL All-Star, one First Team NHL All-Star, two Norris trophies, one Conn Smythe, three cups, two Olympic gold medals. I, I
0: can't believe he only was a First Team All-Star once. It's crazy.
1: It's because he doesn't put up huge numbers, and he,
0: but he won two Norris trophies. It's like, really, he didn't even make the NHL first team All Star. winning the, t- the Norris, the
1: two times he won the Norris, it would almost be comical if he hadn't. Like he was so far and above the best defenseman yes, in the league at that point. I would agree that even though the points weren't there, it would be foolhardy to quote my grandfather to not have put him. Yeah, <laughs> name him the the Norris Trophy winner. All right, Drew Doughty. From the Kings as a second defenseman, 440 points in 780 games, two cups, a Norris, two-time first-team NHL All-Star, five-time NHL All-Star, and in goal, Marc-Andre Fleury, 325 wins, .9167. I never see the fourth digit there. Save percentage, 2.45 goals against, 43 shutouts, three cups, five-time All-Star, one gold medal. Fleury is a guy that I did not appreciate as much as I do now, I think I thought of him, and I think this is what's happened to Corey Crawford a little bit, is a lot of people thought of him as a product of the team. I think Flurry is really a solid goalie.
0: Okay, solid. Does does that equate to the best goalie of the decade? Well,
1: he's got three cups. So? So it's hard to kind of, you know, it's hard to write him off when he has that cory crawford's got oh, he's got two cory crawford has two crawford has two yeah so is that the tiebreaker
0: <laughs> no you, okay
1: let's say you got it's game seven you've got to win the game who's your goalie crawford or flurry
0: i think the more accurate question is is it long or flurry and i'd say long so who's your second uh flurry in that oh case, so you're probably. saying
1: that you're saying that you should flip that i one. think
0: okay so i'm trying to think of other goalies that would probably qualify for this conversation jonathan quick yeah, Quick has to be... Un- I mean, he won two cups. I know he had a really rough end to the decade, so you probably would hold that against him at least a little bit. Yeah. What about uh, Roberto Luongo? What about Sergey Bobrovsky?
1: Yeah, Luongo's got... What about Braden Holtby? Braden Holtby. How about Carey Price? Carey
0: Price? Yeah, didn't even bring him up yet. Carey
1: Price is probably pound for pound the best... Not pound for pound, but I'm saying like... How about Tuka Rask? Sure, but all I think all things being equal, everybody playing on the same team, I think Carey Price is the best goalie of the decade.
0: I that's not, I think that's a really good pick. Actually, but I really do. If
1: you're picking an all-decade team, I think accomplishments matter, and yeah. awards matter, and championships matter. So I kind of like the way they went about this. Yeah. Instead of just saying, like, anecdotally, I think he's the best, they actually used some numbers and stuff to back it up. But how
0: many cups did Marc-Andre Fleury win? Remember, they won in 2009. They didn't win in 2000. They won two cups during the decade. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they won the 8 season.
1: They're wrong about this.
0: They are wrong about this. Ha!
1: Those bastards.
0: Suckers. I was like, wait, that doesn't sound right. Fleury didn't win three cups because Vegas did not. He appeared in three cup finals. But Vegas did not win the cup in 2018.
1: Who who could have imagined that NHL.com would drop the ball on something like this? Who could have seen it coming? Not me. That's for damn sure. <laughs>
0: anyway, I you know what? You have convinced me I originally wanted Lundquist to be the number one goalie on this team. Carey Price had a really darn good decade.
1: Yeah, it just – he didn't win a damn thing, and that's, that's a shame. And I think to mention Roberto Luongo – is wise by you and that's a guy who was look looking back on it that dude those Canucks teams were really really good yeah they were they just ran into the Hawks all the time
0: and they went, ran into the Bruins that one year where they yeah. just uh, I know they had the one they had the bad game seven but they had every right to win that series they were the best they were probably the best team in the NHL that year
1: and I would I would argue that the years them and the Hawks competed with each other they were the second best team in the league. I think whoever won those series was sort of destined for the cups, And it felt like we all sort of wrote the Canucks off as these chokers. But if you go back, and when my book comes out, you can. When you go back and sort of relive those series with the emotion taken out of them, you realize, like, damn, the Hawks had to come back on them a lot. Yeah. And that's why they've got this, these guys are chokers, sort of a label on them. But... Those were damn good teams that gave the Hawks fits, and yeah, the Hawks won more often than not. But those those teams I, will not be forgotten. I would they, like they were really good. To, I
0: would like to point out that between 2009 and 2016, Roberto Luongo had a goals against average above 2.5 once. Wow. that's a really damn good run.
1: That's solid. Yeah, yeah. He, I And mean, I know
0: like towards the end, obviously, he struggled a little bit in Florida, but those years with Vancouver, I, I got to say he deserved at least honorable mention, if not maybe even inclusion, on at least that second team. Luongo had a heck of a run.
1: Now, it's funny. See, now this sort of leads me to this question. Is Roberto Luongo a Hall of Famer? I think he is. I think he is, too. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Because uh, I think I, – I feel like – he lost appreciation when he went to the better team before he was a canuck he was considered like hey this is the best guy in hockey and no one's talking about him mm-hmm. then he goes to vancouver and doesn't really have a drop off no but there's just higher profile failures right right against like we said the bruins who are a juggernaut and the hawks that were a juggernaut yep and he becomes kind of the fall guy for that and now he goes back to florida to end his career and doesn't really miss a beat. No, but at least in, not the
0: first couple of years. Right, but he's
1: in Florida and no one notices.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer for sure. And uh, You want to talk about a guy who had a complete renaissance in, of his image. Everybody kind of thought he was like a D-bag, especially in Chicago. Yeah. But then as soon as that Twitter account started, everybody loved him. And rightfully so. That dude is a hoot.
1: Yeah, he's great. And uh, funny that he hasn't found like a more permanent media job. Yeah. Maybe he just isn't interested. Maybe he's taking a year off, whatever, but I think he's a nat- that's a guy I would watch on TV every time he was on. Maybe the Marquis Sports Network can hire him. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> they hire Lupinella. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't
0: know. I had a couple
1: cocktails. I don't know what's going on. Uh boy, that thing is gonna be
0: Ooh. it's gonna be interesting. There is some really good talent over there, but
1: All I care about is will I have it in time? for the season
0: yes me too
1: that's all i care about yeah get it on youtube tv if you missed uh monday's lockdown blackhawks podcast i had len casper on to talk about the red wings but we also got into some marquee sports at the end of it he's very excited i'm just like i'm i'm all for it as long as i have it and i'll pay for it i don't care i just i have to have it i cannot be worried about it i say the
0: same thing as a comcast subscriber i don't They'll have ha- it yet they have
1: to get it done done <laughs> They have to. Okay, so what
0: happened in Los Angeles? They started a new network and everybody flipped out? It's different.
1: Ow! Sports fans in LA are different. All right. They are, I'm telling you. It cannot happen here. Okay. People will burn down the Comcast buildings (laughs) in their neighborhood. People
0: will burn down the Comcast. People in LA are
1: like, whatever, man. Like, hey, man, cool. Hey, the Dodgers suck. No big deal. We have a million other things to do because we live in Southern California. That's true. This is what we live for. Sports in Chicago. That's what it's all about. We are sports people. We like the sports ball.
0: Yes. All right. Do we want to uh, go just real quick through the other awards that the NHL came out with? Yes. The Save of the Decade, Braden Holpe on Alex Tuck during the cup final. That was... Thought that was really kind of good. Quite good. Uh, Coach of the Decade. Hmm. I believe that would be the Joel Quenville. Yes. Franchise of the Decade. Hawks. The Blackhawks. That's exactly right. Playoff Series of the Decade i might know my, i already know my first reaction to it was i hoped it wasn't and then it was it
1: was it was a great series and it i was. think you know we're talking about the 2014 western conference final the nicoletti's butt game <sighs> that was
0: just such an incredible back and forth series it's such a bummer the blackhawks lost that they really could have won three cups in a row what's
1: crazy is i had to go on the air at the score when that game ended oh do you know how, hard, how difficult that was that's to lose that way, yep, and just be like, they just lost a cup. Yep, they were gonna go play the Rangers, who they
0: were gonna wipe the floor. They with. would have
1: swept the Rangers out without a problem. Yep,
0: and oh, it goes
1: off Nick Letty. Oh,
0: what a shitty way to lose! Yep. It's the same thing with the
1: Chris Campoli frigging thing.
0: Oh yeah, they they were down 3-0 in that series storm back and then that dude did whatever he did
1: I was at that game six Uh, where Schneider started yep and like Luongo wasn't on the bench he was like hiding in the locker room Michael Froelich gets a penalty shot injures Corey Schneider and then (laughs) and then Luongo has to come in the crowd is
0: chaotic yep it was um, insane wasn't that the ben smith overtime winner game yes it was yeah the legend was born
1: yes and then quickly died
0: <laughs> well he he probably died when duncan keith beat his face in in training camp Yes. Yeah, Rob, uh, Mark Lazarus actually uh, brought that up the other day when they were talking about the Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taves fracas. He was like, yeah, it was nothing compared to when Ben, ben Smith had his face caved in.
1: Yeah, now and again, Duncan Keith is good for one of those. Yeah, good old Donnie Brook. All right,
0: game of the decade. This was obvious to me.
1: Is it uh, game seven, Hawks, Red Wings, 2013?
0: No, it was not. <laughs> That's mine. It's actually in 2013, also a game seven.
1: Kane beats the Canucks.
0: It was 4-1. Ma- Bruins Maple Leafs. Oh yeah. That game was nuts. Yeah. It was what like, year was the Kane hat trick against uh, the, Vancouver? The Kane hat trick against Vancouver was 09. Oh right. Not this decade doofus. Sorry. Our event of the decade. This was kind of weird. A specific event, yes, event of the decade. Uh Was it
1: like a Wrigley Winter Classic?
0: That was in 09. Oh yeah! Once again, not this decade. Yankee Stadium
1: Winter Classic.
0: Some it's some Winter Classic. The 2014 Winter Classic at the Big House. I can get behind that. Yeah, I guess. Goal of the decade. I know it already. It's the Kane. The uh, Patrick Kane goal against the Flyers. Remember that
1: when the Hawks won a cup? That was awesome.
0: Yeah, the two days before my wedding. That was pretty awesome. Wow! Look, lucky you, dude. If they had lost that game, Game, game seven. seven would have been on my <laughs> wedding night. What would you have done? watch the damn game (laughs) exactly
1: just have it like projected on the church wall
0: we pretty much had already decided well we got married at a sportsman's club so there was a bar and booze and tvs we would have been fine
1: projecting hosa on a church wall is the same as a crucifix my friend i
0: will say it did add an air of uh, celebration to the whole event that we got to play chelsea dagger and celebrate the cup etc etc that's pretty cool yeah it was awesome
1: i got married when the hawks sucked
0: yep well i waited (laughs) (laughs) yeah good move (laughs) i had uh
1: i don't know if you know this you know john weideman emceed my wedding
0: that's kind of awesome yeah
1: he did we came in to uh we did not come into chelsea dagger because it was not a thing at the time but i wore my the first jersey i bought with my own money my authentic bob probert jersey and all my groomsmen had hawks jerseys on there was a taves or was a rutu of course i think there was a um boy i had a lot I had a lot of, I had a Seabrook. Yep, I had a lot of Hawks jerseys back in the day. That's what I did with my when I like lived at home, and I said like oh, I don't know I have a salary
0: now I'm gonna buy a
1: jersey. <laughs> Wish I had saved that money, but anyway, yeah, you um, could have
0: could have bought uh, sixteen Tavo Taravine and jerseys and cried into a different one. Each I never night. got one. I never had a. They you never, never got, had a Tavo jersey. I stopped
1: buying jerseys when I start when this like started becoming like an actual part of my career. Oh, that I'm makes like, sense. Yeah. I'm
0: kind of weird, like I don't wear jerseys at games anymore. I will say I did wear my Blackhawks Winter Classic jersey to the Indy Fuel game that I went to on Friday. Yeah,
1: I I don't know. I'm weird about it. It's probably not a big deal. Yeah, and everyone knows I'm a. Fa- it's not like I'm hiding the fact that I'm a fan, but it's just yeah, eh, it's that fine line of I work in media. I probably shouldn't.
0: I suppose wear a jersey around. I don't I don't wear jerseys to work. That's about the extent of it. For They're me. gonna look good in my
1: office though when my office gets done
0: the you mean the new uh podcast cave
1: yes i'm very excited about that that was my christmas gift from hope is they're gonna her and my friends are going to rebuild my podcast studio and get all the garbage out of it <laughs> not garbage but just stuff that you know you move into a in new house and it's like ah, i don't know what to do with this so put it in here it's that room and i have i've literally like shoveled myself a path to my desk to do my podcast every day but uh yeah well before we wrap up let's talk about the all-star game a little bit um we mentioned this when you were on my Locked On podcast. By the way, if you missed that, check it out. It was on uh, Tuesday, the Lockdown Blackhawks episode where James and I answered some listener questions, a crossover episode. Um, I think every time All-Star games roll around, people want to reinvent the wheel and say, how do we make this better? How do we make it more competitive? I think the NHL has actually kind of come up with a decent plan. And because it's the NHL, we'll never get the credit it deserves. But
0: And they'll also change it when they shouldn't.
1: Correct. But they've got a good thing going with, first of all, the involvement of the women has been great. That was awesome. It's pitch perfect. I thought the three-on-three game was great. Fans were into it. Having them participate in the skills competitions was really cool, too. Love that. Um, The cash prize for the winning team ensures that at least the second period of the championship game, the guys play semi-hard because they want to win that money. And I thought that the innovations they came up with this year, especially that shooting stars contest where they shot from the platform, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really creative and a good way to utilize the space they had in St. Louis.
0: They probably need to uh, figure out a different way to score it then because the 10-point one was all the players were shooting at. And it seemed, I don't want to say easy. Yeah. Well, it's not easy when you're shooting from that high up. But it's a huge target. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah, I think even Kane said Patrick Kane said that they all had agreed that they were only going to shoot at that one.
1: See, now here is what I couldn't tell on TV: was that thing like uh, where it had to go in like almost like a basketball? That's kind
0: of what it looked like. So to it, me. it
1: had to. So you had to get it over and in. That's what it looked like. And you couldn't just shoot it straight into that big net. Right. You
0: couldn't like shoot it onto the ice and okay. let it skid into it. So
1: it's more difficult than it looked.
0: Yeah. But still, I mean everybody agreed that that was the one they were gonna go for.
1: What surprised me is they didn't shoot for the other net more often. Mm. But a little bit weird. Because that was four points and they probably tried to do it. Right. And we're like, yeah, it's too far. Yeah. What did you think of the accuracy shootout with like the video Boo stuff? What is that? Boo.
0: Get the plates back. Get the plates What's back. What's wrong with you? This, it, again, NHL screws up a good thing.
1: Well, everyone loved the plates breaking. That's a cool that's thing. That's the whole point of it. Yes, that's the iconic yeah. all-star moment. I did like the video boards. Yes. That would change as the game was going on. That was pretty dope. I wonder if they can't do that. I wonder if the, if they're able to like sustain a physical hockey game. Hmm.
0: I don't know. It's interesting. Why would they just do that all the time? If I mean if they can, yeah.
1: And then they score a goal and the boards light up. That was really cool. It was really cool. I, I think they did some really good things at this year's All Star Game. Well, this,
0: then and that's what the All
1: Star game is supposed to be. Despite it being in St. Louis.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and we had to be reminded every three seconds that those toasted ravioli eating dopes won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Well, it's
1: their year. They by, were due.
0: By the way, I do I do like toasted ravioli. I will point that out.
1: Everybody does. But like that's like saying The best food in your state is a mozzarella stick. I did Okay. It doesn't take talent to make.
0: Do we have any listeners who live in Indianapolis? Because I legitimately want to know what Indianapolis is famous for, food-wise. Racing. That's not a thing. No, that's not food. To the Googles. (laughs) We were actually my my buddies uh, Garrett and Alex and I were having this conversation. We couldn't decide, and then one of my my friend Garrett said, "Oh yeah, it, we're, we like White Castle," and it's like that cannot be that no, that's not your regional food. Hungry Hoosiers, what the heck is that?
1: Breaded pork tenderloin sandwich. That sounds good.
0: It does actually.
1: Indiana state food. Yeah, that's what everything says. The Hoosier sandwich. Huh. Okay.
0: Would eat. Yeah. <laughs> now that I know what it is. Let's see, breaded? Check. I, I pork? <laughs> yes.
1: These are things I like. I, I
0: will point out that I didn't see that on a single menu, and I went to like four different restaurants. Hmm. But kind of odd.
1: You'll have to go back.
0: Apparently, I'm going to have to go to another indie Fuel game. By the way, if you ever get down there, the Indiana Farmer's Coliseum, it's a good time. They played the... Uh, four, it sounds really fun. They played the four... <laughs> that's you know what that's a good point but you know what though like coliseum does kind of lend it an air of it does "Hmm." it gives it a little panache yeah uh it's in the at the state (laughs) fairgrounds obviously um it, it was really it was fun hockey is what it was it was just very high tempo the seven minute overtime by the way consider me a convert to that three and three yes i think they should just play three and three till it ends I, well, I, you know what? If they want to do that in the NHL, I'm not going to say when, no to that. When is it going to go more than ten minutes? Nah, like never. Like never. Come ever. on, I, I can't believe no one scored in the seven minutes, and then in the shootout, no one scored until like the fifth round. So, yeah. How big is that stadium? Um, it's not. It's not as small. You know what? Have you ever been to the BMO Center where the uh, Ice Hogs play? No. It's roughly about. It seems about that size. Okay. I know, I know they also have uh, IUPUI uh, basketball that's Oohi played Pui. there. Ooey Pooey. By the way, they're going to lose the poo part of that soon, apparently. That's probably good for marketing. I suppose, because then they'll just be ooey. Dear Lord. All right, <laughs> it is time to <laughs> wrap up. We need to up. stop. <laughs> yes. This
1: edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I think we all agree that it is time to play some effing hockey for once so we can get back to our normal schedule here and uh, start we watching the three games. days going to be rough we're going to make it we're going to make it and we're just days away from pulling our hair out about the blackhawks so thanks for tuning in to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast we are sponsored by triple threat sports for all your team outfitting needs call chris 708-478-6090 Mariska's and crest hill family owned and operated since 1933 and chuck southern comforts cafe with locations in burbank and darien visit chuckscafe.com thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time on the madhouse chicago hockey podcast and remember check out tuesday's locked on blackhawks podcast james nevaux is my partner we had another kind of mini madhouse podcast so make sure you check it out have a great rest of your week let's drop the puck soon eh